to Knobcat Games Dungeons of the Obelisk podcast. I'm your host, Joe Sleppy. I'm Executive Prime at Knobcat Games, and this podcast is our audio devlog where we get together every two weeks and we talk about the progress of our game, which is Dungeons of the Obelisk, a 2D turn-based dungeon-crawling loot-grinding adventure. And I'm joined today by our digital alchemist, TJ Yadisernia. Hello. And, uh... I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen in this podcast because a lot of the topics are the same thing that we've been discussing the past few weeks. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of at a, not a standstill, but a, a position where everything we're working on is like background stuff. It's, it's all server stuff and, and trying to get things that were already working, working again on the server. So it's kind of, uh, it, it makes the topics a little less interesting, I think, for the podcast, but hopefully it's still interesting enough um, for the listener. And we do have a couple other like little things, I guess, but I guess we'll just jump into the server update and, and what's, our, what's our status, TJ? Yeah, I'd say that the server's made some solid progress within the past few weeks. Still primarily working on the player, getting the network player to kind of interact exactly how the old one did, along with adding new things that it didn't do before. Like one of the more recent things is that if you change your armor through like your equipment or your wardrobe, or if you use the scroll to change your appearance, that now immediately gets updated on the server and all the other players can see that change as it happens. Yeah, that does seem to be working really well from the little bit of testing that I've done. It's hard to uh, test a lot of this stuff because, like, you have to have another person online to, to look at it. <laughs> yeah, testing has been kind of tedious. On my end, I am able to test on my own. Like, I can have two duplicates of myself moving around, but it's it's always awkward for me to set it up because I gotta go on Steam. I gotta update the Steam build, load onto the game on Steam, and then I gotta go onto Unity and do the same thing. So. A little slow, but it works. Well, any days that I'm not at work, I, I can definitely jump on and, and give you a hand or let my character stand in town or, or whatever. So we should probably make use of that. Yeah. Yeah, I got to start asking for that a bit more often because, I mean, I got to update the Steam build anyways to test it on my end. So I might as well try to add like a few more people into the town to see how things are going with it. Yeah, for sure. I think the most we've had so far is three people in town, like on last podcast when Ben was here. Yeah, which it is a good sign that three work in town. Because like one player working in town, that's expected. But then two, kind of expected as well. But as you add more and more players, you never know. Like, what is this limit before the servers just break? <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's enough we never really decided i guess how many people are gonna be in town on each server but i'm hoping it's a lot <laughs> just to keep like servers you know every time you open a new server it costs money so yeah my hope is that it can handle at least 100 i'm interested to see what happens when there's 100 in town like maybe it'll break or maybe the world will just look incredibly bloated because there's so many people running around yeah it might be too many people but like I'm thinking like somewhere between 30 and 50 is probably going to be an optimal spot because the other thing is um, how does it work when you go into a dungeon are you you're still on the server but you're not visible in town right yeah as it stands when you go into a dungeon you're linked to the server you're still connected 
when you get back to town, it is a little weird because... I don't want to say it disconnects you, but it doesn't relink you to your character. So you kind of, like, turn invisible. Right. But anybody who's in a dungeon is connected. Right. Yeah, it seems like when you come back from the dungeon, your server element character goes away, and it's just your basic character now. Yeah, that one shouldn't be that big of a deal to get working as expected, because the server is able to create these players, which it just has to rerun it every time you get back to town, which it currently doesn't do that. I think that's going to end up with a lot of people standing around the obelisk and the breach, because that's going to be the main thing that people are doing. Oh, yeah. But I guess if they disappear when they go in, then then you won't they won't be standing around there. You know, right now, if like if I would go into the dungeon right now, you'd just see my character like stay standing in front of it while I was in the dungeon. But I guess once once it's working properly, I'll disappear. And then when I come back, I'll spawn in town somewhere. So should work. I bet actually, you know, now that we've talked through it, I think a hundred people on a server might make sense and maybe even more because the majority of time that they're connected to the server, they're going to be running dungeons and breaches and not necessarily in town. So we can see how it works and always like change that number later. But yeah, that is true because I mean, if you're playing, you're not playing just to run around town for who knows how long you would be playing to typically run dungeons. Right, so so you don't want the town to look empty because all hundred people are just in the dungeon. <laughs> you know, as the game goes on too, hopefully, you know, like in future updates after we launch, there will be more stuff to do in town and different, you know, things will get added. So, so there will be reasons to be in town. Yeah, definitely. As the town has more things to do, have more players running around in it, especially if there's fishing on the little dock. <laughs> just seeing a hundred players piled mm -hmm. up on it. Yeah, that might be annoying because in uh, other games I've played, there's like a fishing spot. So if you're one person is in that spot, you kind of like have to share it. It's kind of weird. We'll have to think that one through because maybe you'll like go to the dock and get on a boat or something, and then and then you won't have other people interrupting your fishing. People scaring away the fish. We always end up talking about fishing on the podcast but that's like not going to happen for so long. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's like, it's an idea that I would like to see, but at the same time, it's definitely not a priority idea. Yeah, I think in order to do it right, it's going to involve a lot more work than you would think. Because like, you think like, oh, you just get a fishing mechanic working and then you can fish. But like... I think on that, probably the programming is going to be maybe even easier, but then like all the artwork and animation that's going to have to go into the fish because like for it to be fun, there has to be a substantial amount of different fish. Oh yeah. Like you can't just fish for the same fish every time. So like, you know, Ben will have to draw like, I don't know, 50 fish and then Nyko will have to animate all of them and then and then you'll have to load them in <laughs> so i think it's going to be a bigger job than first glance might seem especially since the game itself has taken two and a half years of development and i never thought it would go this long yeah, that's true something as in concept as simple as a fishing mechanic would actually be very time consuming because there is a lot to it. 50 fish, 50 named fish, 50 animations, 50 flavor text. Well, the other thing about it is is I feel like if we do it right, we have to have some other things first, like either a player's 
like house or um, the guild hall because I feel like there needs to be a place to display your fish, you know? So like the fish that you've caught could go into like a fish tank in your house or something. And, and I think something like that, you know, or a shared fish tank in the guild hall where whoever has from your guild has the largest one of each fish or something, you know, so say there's like a carp or whatever and it has like a range, whoever caught like the largest one will have theirs displayed in the guild hall tank or something like that. Yeah. So that would take a lot of work. That would. It would be cool. I would like to see that, you know, have your 25 pound fish around. Yeah. <laughs> Long term goals. Yeah, for sure. Short term goals. We're, we're hoping to have chat and friend requests working soon. Um, that's kind of the next major thing and also kind of the last few things that we have. Like, obviously, there's going to be tons of bugs to keep working on and polishing up but really like we're just waiting on chat and friend requests to work and i can't think of anything else major that's actually holding us up yeah those two things should be the biggest features to get it now at least the friends doesn't seem too bad to finish up the chat's a big one and should be using the photon system to get that in because it's supposed to be like really good it's supposed to be relatively simple to add in yeah that's what we need <laughs> that's just hoping that what Photon says is accurate, that they are actually simple. Yeah, for sure. That seems to be like the thing, you know, everything is, they sell you on stuff like uh, Playfab and stuff, which I think Playfab has been pretty good, but there's been parts of it that are so complicated that I feel like shouldn't have been. But the chat will probably be the same way. You know, all their marketing text says <laughs> says that it's easy, but we'll see if it actually is. But I agree, there's, that's probably what the way to go. Yeah, it's like, from what it shows, there's a reason why so many people use it. It should be useful. Yeah, that'll be cool. We can get on and chat in-game. <laughs> oh, we didn't say uh, one of the, the newest updates is that you can click on people in town and view their profile now. That's probably the biggest update this past two weeks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the feature alone is, I guess, in its own way, pretty big. It allows you to actually, you know, view another player, see what they got going on. If you are playing and you see, like, a player that has the fancy equipment on, you can check it out and see what they got. And because of the name thing that we ended up changing, it allows you to add them as a friend, too. I'm thinking the profile should probably have, like, an add a friend button added onto it. Yeah, for sure. It should have like a add friend whenever you're just viewing someone that you're not friends with. And then if you view someone that you are friends with, it should probably have like a chat or an and like remove friend button. Yeah, for sure. But right now it's cool. You can like you can see all these weapons. Like I can see your level one weapon that you have, even though you have 10,000 stats in each in each major. But, uh, <laughs> perfectly balanced character there's some work to do yet in getting the uh companions to follow you around now because like i can see my frog but he's just standing in town he's not doing anything yeah that one for the most part i guess is like the next or last big feature for people in town because companions move differently from other objects like they have to follow behind you kind of lag behind and animate themselves they have to be added in a bit differently right i ended up i'm kind of changing it from how i originally wanted it because i wanted it to happen like if you have a companion spawn it in 
and put it next to you. But now I'm making it so that the player itself, the network player, has a companion with them at all times. If you don't actually have one, then it turns it off, but if you do, just apply everything onto it and allow it to move separately from yourself. That way the server doesn't have to actually spawn it in, because I don't know why, it was having major issues with it. Like, I went to spawn it in and then my thing just kind of crashed. Yeah, that sounds like a better way to do it anyways, but yeah, that sounds... It's also complicated. <laughs> I feel like there's been a lot of, like, you know, my biggest part of this project, other than, like, funding it and, and all that, has been, like, designing how things will work. You know, like like the gameplay and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I haven't gotten to do anything in a while. It's mostly just been you, <laughs> like, trying to figure out these server elements. <laughs> yeah, the unfortunate part of design, it's like once everything's designed and concepted, you have to actually get it into the game. Yeah. Which I like design too. I, If I could choose, I'd rather design over other things but it is always i guess to a degree it's the smaller task because once it's done it's done you can't do anything until it's tossed into the game and then you can design more and then toss that into the game yeah i think it's like like every element of the game design or game making process i think is important because if you don't have a good design or it's like too vague or something then then it just leads to problems in the programming as well but you know I probably should have had some more of the friends lists and different elements and stuff maybe designed a little more at the beginning maybe to have those in but I don't know I don't I we learned a lot of lessons going going through this process but none of it like I don't think we did anything like wrong really in the process you know I think you know, going back, we would have done some things differently, but, you know, it's all come along really well. We're almost there. Hopefully we can make it over the finish line and get this game released before before we run out of money and can't update anymore. <laughs> yeah, you definitely learn as you go. There is kind of like a lot to pull from this as you move along the whole process. Oh, um, one of the fun little bugs that kind of had solved recently was um, I found out that when you get a new companion or artifact, sometimes there's a small chance, if you're lucky, to have it roll higher than it's supposed to. Which <laughs> it was the most apparent on the mask, because it has three different stats. But it's like when you roll for the mask, sometimes, like let's say stat one, the strength bonus would roll 11 points instead of 10, or anything less than 10. Right, it was supposed to max at 10, but you would get an 11 on it. Yeah, it created a very odd problem where, like, it's nice for you, you have a stronger than average item that I think was still allowed to be upgraded beyond its normal limit. Yeah, that's how I noticed it, was I was upgrading my mask and I was, like, level 35 or something, so I apparently rolled really well in one of my stats and then upgraded past the max of 30. Fortunately, players aren't going to be able to make use of that very useful bug. <laughs> yeah, it kind of breaks things. I mean, I feel like the mask is already kind of pretty powerful. Like, I don't know how you beat 6% crit and 100% crit damage. Yeah, crit itself is a very dangerous stat to put in games. Like, I like the concept, but it's very easy to make it overpowered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I want the, the artifacts and stuff to be good. 
So I feel like this is a good base level, like an entry level one, and then we can scale out all the future ones off of this one. Yeah, you gotta watch out for the famous issue of uh, power creeping on anything. Like, if you added a new mask, for example, or an equivalent type item where it had like double the crit chance and double the crit damage for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Immediately the old one becomes useless. Yeah, I feel like if we added another another one that had crit on it, it would be like, it wouldn't have the crit damage. So you'd get like, maybe just crit, but no crit damage from it. And then like, you know, maybe something else or something to take the crit damage place. Or like you said, just one that's all crit. You know, there's, there's lots of room to play around with different things. You know, something's always gonna be the best in slot. I think the key is gonna have, always having something to like, grind for to try out you know so yeah i actually think um i haven't brought this up yet but i actually think the upgrade cost for the masks and the like the artifact and the companion is too low I, I think they're too easy to upgrade for as powerful as they are in our current build it's interesting i don't upgrade them often probably because i cheat but it's like every time I've gone to upgrade him, it's like I go to get gold and I don't have any gold. Yeah, but the thing is, like, on my character that I've been playing fairly with, like, I have a hundred vestige powder, like, stored. You know, um, it, it's kind of... You don't want things to be too frustratingly difficult to upgrade, but at the same time, like, the mask is very powerful and, uh upgrading it like super fast is is um kind of weird because it doesn't give you anything to like grind towards you know the mask is pretty powerful when it's like power level 15 so getting from 15 to 30 is like you know it should be a little tougher i think from what we have i'm gonna have to look at the costs and stuff and figure it out what i want to bump it up to but you know from a listener's standpoint or a player's standpoint obviously like they want it cheaper but the thing is like if things are too cheap then what are you playing for like if you just logged into the game and had everything then there'd be no reason to play so things being properly costed is is pretty important yeah that is true i guess that kind of comes into the concept of how much time should be expected to reach the max of a certain thing. Like if you roll for an artifact and I want to say it, you get a 15, which is halfway to the max, how much time should the player expect to get from 15 to 30? Because I wouldn't say something like weeks, months even, is like a number that's too high, but then if it takes, like I guess weeks is sensible, but if it takes months to just get 15 to 30, is, that's when you start to get some ridiculous numbers. Yeah, I think I would agree with you. I think weeks is probably the correct answer um, because they're they're very powerful. And, and even though you can buy them in the shop, they're they're expensive crystal wise. And then once you have it, upgrading it the whole way to 30 is, you know, that's kind of like end game stuff, you know, like it's you shouldn't just have that by the time you're level 10. So give having that to work towards is a good end game goal. And then another point of this is um, in Bit Heroes, I never even maxed my pets and accessories because they were like so obscenely expensive that like it wasn't even feasible in the like amount of time that I played like two years or something. 
Now that's getting into some ridiculous numbers. Years of play, and you can't yeah. max an item. And the thing was, like, I in our game, I want them to be expensive and fairly difficult to level up, but I want it to be, like, you can have multiple ones. You know, like in Bit Heroes, you basically got one, hoped you rolled a good one from, like, the egg or whatever, and then once you got a legendary one, then basically from that point on all of your resources for upgrading that pet or accessory went into that one pet or accessory so like in our game i want it to be like okay i got my mask to 20 that's pretty good maybe i'll wait and see like what other versions there are and i'll save my stuff and and maybe i'll get like another you know artifact to level 20 as well like i just think like having multiple ones is more fun you know you can mess around with different builds and stuff then instead of just having one that you're like committed to forever yeah and doing that adds a lot more diversity because in the bit heroes example like if there is one good one every player would get it and then there's so much commitment to it no one's ever going to swap it because if it takes that long to upgrade you don't want to take it off at that point yeah for sure I mean, there was definitely whales and stuff that had multiple ones, but it was pretty, pretty impossible for <laughs> for me. I'd have to go back and look. I know I had a couple different ones at some points because I changed from like DPS to like a tank at one point, but that was like a big deal. Like it was something that I had to like think about for a while and make sure I wanted to do because it was like such a resource commitment which on one hand is kind of fun, but on the other hand is, isn't is quite what we're going for in our game, I think. Yeah. I like the idea of like a degree of commitment for different builds and loadouts, but only if it's within reason. Like if it takes months and months of just collecting the gear to swap from high crit chance to an extremely powerful thorn build instead, and that's just getting too much at that point. You'd rather just stick to the original one you chose. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our game already is pretty hard to, like, get the items that you want. Like, just the way they roll and drop and stuff. So, like, doing something like the Thorns build, getting six items that roll Thorns is pretty... That's a pretty crazy commitment. Like, we're going to add some stuff in the future that'll make the things like that easier like uh re like uh i think it'll be called modify because like the percentage stats on items are called modifiers so like you would be able to modify a modifier mm -hmm. and like basically re-roll it to uh try and get the one that you actually want on that item so that's something that we'll do in the future once we get launched and get people playing I don't think it's like really critical at level 10, you know, like we're obviously still at the beginning of the game and hopefully have some more to to add, but... It's like long-term future goals on that, which that's where a lot of the build diversity can start to roll in. Different like sets or artifacts and companions that help all kinds of different bonuses on them. Yeah, and we'll have to have some sort of... Uh, load out for multiple builds too at that point to make it easier because like right now my guy i don't want to change i don't want to take the items off that i have because i'm powerful enough to do titan breaches but so i can't really try other stuff because like i'll have to like 
make sure I don't lose these items in my inventory. I'd have to like write down this build or something. <laughs> so that's definitely something we want to do in the near future, but after launch. Yeah, for sure. Loadouts are game changers though. One other thing I wanted to talk about, you know, we're maybe actually going long. I didn't think we were going to have stuff to talk about, but we've somehow managed to make it to 30 minutes already. Uh, I was messing around with the build and I kind of uh, hacked in some items that had double attack chance. I tried to get, I think I made it so I had 100% double attack chance, which means every attack would double attack. And then if you can chain them, you would just attack one time and then double attack until the enemy died. But uh, it doesn't work like that. So I wasn't sure if that was a bug or something that was put in by like maybe the previous programmer to um, make it so they didn't chain. But in my original design, double attack is supposed to be able to chain, but it's gonna be like hard to get lots of double attack. If it doesn't change, then we need to buff how much double attack is available on items. Oh yeah, that, I looked at it and I found what causes that to happen. It is quite literally as simple as, can it chain, yes or no? And currently, double attack is set to no. So, <laughs> if that is the idea, we definitely are allowed to have it. it. Just not need to swap one word in the code. I am curious okay. to see how it plays out, because if you do somehow reach 100, that means the moment you do your first attack, you win the fight. Just guaranteed, you beat the enemy, because you just keep attacking until they're dead. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so my plan was to either cap it at 75, or effectively cap it at something like that, meaning that it's just impossible in the game to get that much double attack. So like, for example, we have eight items, you know, including your artifact and companion. And right now, I think the most double attack that you can possibly get on an item is 2.5. So the six items that can roll 2.5 double attack, what is that, 15%? Yeah, so six items would be 15, and then whatever you could get from an artifact or companion. That is pretty minimal. Double attack could be a legendary power, but it's not going to be a legendary power where you can get it on, you know, your feet and your head and your pants and everything. You know, it's probably just going to be like on main hand and off hand. So even if you could get a 10% double attack on your weapon and your off hand, that's still only 35%, and then say you had a artifact that buffed it, you're, you're still not even getting close to 50, depending on what we make available in the game. So, you know, a lot of things are, right now, none of our minor traits have caps on them. They're all like, you can just have as much of it as you want, and then they're limited by how much is actually available in the game. Because, like, obviously you wouldn't want 100% dodge either. I mean, as a player you would, but as a as a person <laughs> designing the game, like, that would just break everything. If you had 100% dodge, you'd just never get hit. So dodge is the same way, where you can only get 2.5 on an item, and then, you know, a couple items have it as a legendary power. Yeah, it's like some of these stats would have to be, for our sake, considered for balance on how high should it be allowed to go. I am interested on the double right. attack thing, because enemies should be able to do it too, if they have the stats for it. And it would be kind of funny to have an enemy that has like a, I don't know, 25% chance or something. 
Just luck of the draw, they hit you like three times in a row. <laughs> and chains it like eight times, yeah. <laughs> you do one turn and you die. I think some variance like that is fun, you know? A lot of people try to eliminate variance in games, like especially competitive games, but I, I think it makes it fun because if you just always clear the dungeon, like every time, 100%, no matter what, and there's like no chance that a enemy can like chain and you know kill you like it kind of takes some fun out of it you know there's not like a huge penalty for failing a dungeon so like i think being able to have something that you know kind of like right now where you can just get a group of mobs like it's highly unlikely but you could just run into eight elites and they could like you know you get the right group of tanks and healers and dps and they could just wreck you but it doesn't happen very often and if it does it's it's almost kind of like funny <laughs> you know like it's not you're just like well <laughs> nothing i could do about that but you know it's just a, a luck of a draw kind of thing i think i'm not sure where i'm going with that but that's kind of like my philosophy on it another example is like all the mobs roll a stat range so you can have a boss that rolls a really high stat range or like a really low stat range and you know your difficulty changes depending on what that boss rolls so like right now i can farm titan but if i get a boss that rolls in the top like top 20 percent of what he can roll then it's really tough to beat him yeah i feel like random chance like that definitely keeps the game more interesting i like it when the game isn't just like this is it this is the same every single time if you beat it once you'll beat it forever yeah i feel like we've been doing pretty well with that so far especially with how the enemies are allowed to vary their stats like luck of the draw the boss is just stronger than usual and you're gonna get smacked around <laughs> yeah yeah 100 percent well we've gone long on that topic so so i don't really want to edit an hour podcast so i think we're gonna wrap it up at this point for the listener thank you so much for listening to the end of this podcast we really appreciate your interest in our game if you've made it to the end of this podcast and somehow are not in our discord that is the place where you want to be for updates and videos and and whenever it comes time for the test realm that's where we're going to run it from <laughs> that's where people are going to be able to find out how to get into the test realm and help us test some stuff all of that can be found at knobcat.com just go to knobcat.com find the link to the discord join us there ask us questions it's a good time we also have our social media twitter and instagram which are both at dungeons obelisk I also stream playtesting every once in a while on twitch.tv slash starrambler. You can find that link in the Discord as well. It, it posts whenever I go live, so that's a good way to get notified about that. And um, last thing is, if you're listening to this and you haven't left a review in Spotify or, or wherever, wherever you're listening to this, I'm sure there's a way you can review it. So you should uh, give us five stars and, and leave a couple nice words because that, that helps us out and makes us feel good about doing this show every two weeks. And I think with that, um, we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. See you later.